Tonight, we press play on the last seven days and unpack the week from the cheap seats with your hosts, Melanie Bracewell and Tim McDonald. Thanks for joining us and for all your feedback for episode one. Not sure it was well received across the ditch. Say goodbye to the Trans-Tasman bubble. <laughs> Gina, tough on you, Mel. I can get to the borders fine. I just dress up as Jacinda, so... <laughs> but look, in all seriousness, we did get this note from Channel 10 to Jonathan and the whole tribe. Congratulations. Well, Sorry, anyway. that's... <laughs> We're back. So I'm Altracina and Titus O'Reilly. And we cross back to Natasha Exelby in Tokyo. We're just a few days into the Olympics and already so many highlights. A COVID-19 outbreak, sexism, bullying and now Holocaust jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Channel 7's coverage had it all. Um, <laughs> been wonderful this year. Of course, it kicked off with the opening ceremony, which went off without a hitch. The director, of course, was fired for making comments in his past about the Holocaust and the musical composer. He was also fired earlier this week for bullying during his high school days. Now, of course, the show must go on. The show must go on, and the host broadcaster Channel 7 managed to pump up the ceremony. Just felt like exactly what the world needed. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile Channel 9, who don't have the rights, were slightly less enthusiastic. It was a song start. <laughs> That's, um, mind you, no one's more excited than Koshi. Exciting the day of an opening ceremony, isn't it? Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about Keith Urban. We have a new desk. <laughs> He's got a new desk. I mean, he hasn't been that excited since Sam Armitage left. So that is, <laughs> that is how excited he is. Don't know who that is. Um, it's fair to say the Japanese people are sharing his excitement. I think the foreigners should not come. It's sheer madness. Japan is completely insane. Japan is in this terrible coronavirus situation. But we were excited this week as Brisbane was awarded the 2032 Olympics and Queenslanders came out to party. Thousands of people came down and gathered together. Hugs, kisses. COVID, what COVID? Today we have five new cases of COVID-19. <laughs> We track down patient zero. It's amazing! <laughs> it's fantastic! It's a Brisbane Park! I mean, Mrs. Titmus should be excited. So, <laughs> hey, look, Alan Jones spoke to former Queensland Premier Campbell Newman after the news and after Alan's dinner. Campbell Newman joins me. Campbell, thank you for your time. <laughs> Seamless. Uh, but huge news for Queensland and Brisbane is clearly no stranger to hosting big events. And this is the biggest thing to hit Brisbane since Expo 88. <laughs> the biggest thing to hit Brisbane since Expo 88. And for those who don't remember Expo 88... <laughs> But look, we weren't the only ones reminiscing this week. Across the country, people were remembering their favourite Olympic heroes of yesteryear. Of course, we all know Cathy Freeman. Dawn Fraser. The great Ian Thorpe. The great Kieran Perkins. Legend has it that Heracles, who was the <laughs> Roman Hercules, son of Zeus. Yeah. Apparently Neptune dominated in the pool that year. Sky's <laughs> Chris Kenny was remembering his idols. Forgive me for indulging my own memories, but here's a little pic of me. Sitting with the Senegal women's basketball team. <laughs> Amazing seeing women of colour on Sky News not being attacked. <laughs> Less than a week into the games and you get the feeling Channel 7 are running out of stars to interview. The Aussie team have already decided on their most valuable player. His name is Elliot, but you won't find him on the tracker in the pool. Elliot is a barista. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he won the long black, so... <laughs> that is... He, he tried the triathlon, but he got the order wrong, so... <laughs> A lot of uh, 
A lot of coffee fans in the house. <laughs> hey, look, staying, staying in Tokyo, and this image created quite a stir. So that's our women's soccer team posing with the Indigenous flag after their very first victory. I guess a lot of people have strong feelings. Let's bring in One Nation leader Pauline Hanson. Let's not. <laughs> Actually. Needless to say, Pauline was not happy with the Matildas. That it's not our official national flag. And I am so furious about this. And my office has had numerous phone calls today. Numerous calls. That's up there with several, quite a few, and the odd wrong number. It's <laughs> <laughs> a groundswell. I'm just amazed you guys still have land. Lines here. <laughs> of course, we can't show you any of that footage of the Matildas game. We can, however, cross to 10's feed from Tokyo. I believe they're up to the diving. Oh. No, I'm not sure we're getting the right feed there. <laughs> I, th I think that's Expo 88, so we will, <laughs> we will check that. But look, COVID continues to sweep across the country, Mel. With millions of us still in lockdown, thousands of Australians hit the street on Friday for a protest. Channel 10, we're right in the thick of it. As you can see, these people are very angry. They blame the media and they blame everybody. They say it's their lack of freedom. They're getting violent. Watch it. <laughs> it's amazing. Whereas Channel 7 seemed to ignore something violent happening during their cross. Let's bring in Serena and Alora now in Maryland. Serena, good evening to you. The crisis in those Western Sydney hotspots is only getting worse. <laughs> it was someone after hearing Tim's fourth coffee joke. <laughs> It's amazing, though, that if, you, if, you, if he does nine, you get the tenth free. So. There we go. Hey, look, to get your message across, you need three people. You need someone to deliver the message, someone to film and give the finger, and a third on percussion. That's, that's how you protest. Hey, look, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews didn't understand the protest. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them were protesting against. You. Well, <laughs> then, well, good on them. Good on them. The story of the protest surrounded a horse. This reporter being a bit generous with the word seemingly. Mounted squad, the mounted police today. Take a look at this photo. A man seemingly punching a horse <laughs> in its uh, mouth. I mean, we can only show a still of that because horse punching is an Olympic sport. So <laughs> that's the reason there. Mind you, there's always two sides to every story. Man's been charged over it. He says he didn't punch the horse. It just looks like it. <laughs> There's only one way to settle this, Mel. Let's go straight to the CCTV footage. <laughs> I don't think that's... That's regional New South Wales, I think. <laughs> hey, look, sticking with COVID news this week, the trans-Tasman bubble will be paused for eight weeks. I'm sure it was a tough call, Mel, with a lot of things to weigh up. Let's get into things. Trans-Tasman bubble shutdown. Was it a difficult decision to make, Prime Minister? No. Okay. <laughs> Not that difficult. So she has seen the show. Um, well... she, she presents it. <laughs> and look, the message in COVID times is to get tested. And when it comes to testing, South Australia are the gold standard. COVID testing suspended. Heavy rain flooded the main tent. One of the tents are partly collapsing. The website crashing under the demand. But there's barely a soul here. That's like a ghost town. <laughs> I mean, you know Adelaide's quiet when it's described as a ghost town? <laughs> I mean, that's... It's got the country divided. Bill Shorten weighed in with his world record attempt for most analogies used in one interview. That there's light at the end of the tunnel, which is not an oncoming train. We're cheering our team on in Tokyo, but here we're in the Hunger Games. I, I, I think the Australian people have been treated too much like mushrooms. <laughs> but the tortured metaphors don't end there. Jason Clare had this to say. We don't need more people carrying around guns. We need more people carrying around syringes. Mm. 
full of the vaccine. Okay. <laughs> right, look, the situation is so dire, so it's a good thing no one in New South Wales is playing favourites with their vaccine choice. They're all lining up for one thing. Pfizer. The Pfizer. AstraZeneca. Why oh, sorry, Pfizer. Okay. <laughs> it's a syringe. That queue, it's like Aldi has a vaccine sale. <laughs> hey, look, a big development this week, Mel, is that the vaccine will now be offered to school children. So Channel 7 went to a school. The reaction at the school gate. I think it would be a good move. <laughs> what was he doing at a school gate? <laughs> Either that or that's a nine year old after three weeks of homeschooling. So. <laughs> I, I do feel for kids, though, stuck at home, remote learning. A week and a half into a snap lockdown... Can you spell the word restaurant? No, but she can spell for lease. Um... <laughs> can she spell many logs? <laughs> Still, after another week of COVID, we managed to hear from the Prime Minister. The National Cabinet meeting oh, has fine. just wrapped up. We are standing by to take you to the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, he's, shortly. He's had some work done. Um... <laughs> He's actually a pool cleaner from Honolulu, so... <laughs> Time for a break. We'll be back soon with more from the Tech Can we just cross back to a live feed of Channel 10's Olympic coverage? I, th I think we've got a clip from the dressage. Of course, the Olympics are on Channel 7, who won the gold medal for social distancing. That is tomorrow. That's the 400. We'll see them in the for the first time. That's 400 there. <laughs> hey, just quickly, Mel, who's covering the games back home? Uh, it's TVNZ, and, and they've gone with a simple setup to match the understated games. Namihi Hello, and welcome to something huge. The remake of Tron Legacy. I mean, what? <laughs> That is amazing. Well, you guys certainly set a pretty low bar for Olympic success. Crowds gathering for a chance to witness history. The 22-year-old Wellingtonian coming seventh. <laughs> That's rude. Um, we did manage to win a bronze medal for the men's triathlon, Hayden Wild, and Olympians trained their whole life for this. Take a look at this interview with Hayden's mother explaining his brutal lifestyle. Hayden is a youngster used to like sausage rolls and pies and curl up on the couch and watch TV, and that's what he did every day after play school. Play video games. And play video games. <laughs> Stunning. And she didn't stop there. He goes into schools and talks. I say to him, you got to say that I used to be short and fat, and, you know, and he was. He was. He was just a comfortable little boy who liked sausages. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah, at that rate, I could be the flag bearer for <laughs> But TVNZ did manage to speak to someone who knows Hayden better than most. So proud of Hayden, like just all the work that he's obviously done to get there is just amazing. Um, I went to primary school with him and he's grown so much and yeah, real real proud. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to say to him? He's obviously over in Tokyo. Oh, I regret backing up with you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she... we, all, we all do. <laughs> she, she didn't like his sausage, so. <laughs> Let's head to the UK, where this story definitely improved my mood. Christina used to get lip fillers every few weeks. During one appointment, though, a new solution was used. Are you covering your own lips? Yeah. <laughs> you laugh so much because I'm just imagining her friends being like, babe, you can't even notice it. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, staying in the UK now, where COVID cases continue to rise, this reporter is staying positive, though. 
It's going to spread probably through those nightclubs and a lot of young 18 to 30 year olds are going to get sick. All right, Sean, thanks for that. I mean, he's a syringe, half-empty kind of guy. So. <laughs> Boris Johnson is holding up strong, though. What's he been up to this week? He's self-isolating after being declared a close contact. Great. Uh... I mean, it still gives him more time to spend with his families. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's good, good news. But it's being called the ping-demic, right, where close contacts of positive cases are getting phone notifications informing them that they need to self-isolate. Sky News in the UK got all the experts. And we'll be discussing uh, the so-called ping-demic with uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber a little late in the program. No one better. Not sure COVID-19 the musical's going to take off. Um... And look to the US now, where this correspondent on the ABC summed up their COVID situation. Here's our correspondent in Washington, Greg Janet. Last week, it's jumped from 15,000 to 26,000 new cases a day. Now, this does represent... Yeah. Apologies for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, staying in the US where Donald Trump turned up in Phoenix, Arizona with a very muted ceremony. Do you miss me yet? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump! Is, is, he, is he hosting New Zealand's Olympic coverage? <laughs> what? There he is. Uh, I mean, at least he stayed humble. How about the vaccine? I came up with the vaccine. <laughs> Stunning. I mean, yeah. back when it was called bleach, but... Uh... <laughs> one thing's for sure, he learned the word router this week, but I'm not convinced he actually knows what one is. The county has, for whatever reason, also refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. Wendy, we got to get those routers, please. The routers. Come on, Kelly, we can get those routers. Those routers, you know what? It, we're so beyond the routers. There's so many fraudulent votes without the router. But if you got those routers, what that will show, and they don't want to give up the routers. They don't want to give them. They are fighting like hell. Why are these commissioners fighting not to give the routers? How simple could it be? That will tell the truth. <laughs> Sounds like me on the phone to Telstra. Um... I mean, he knows how to wipe them. He just doesn't... Um, a lot of Trump fans in the crowd tonight. Just take off your hoods and... Um... Hey, look, staying overseas, Mel, and look, just because here in Australia we're locked down doesn't mean the rest of the world can't get out and party. Let's check in with New Zealand correspondent Angela Dravid on the ground. Hi, I'm Angela Dravid, and we're not in lockdown. We're in the bustling metropolis of Auckland. So we seem to have COVID under control, and Australia doesn't. Do you guys have any yeah. advice for them? Stay home. Stay indoors. No. Are you worried about all the stuff they're putting in the vaccine? No, I trust science. Yeah. That's the first one. Brisbane's hosting the Olympics in 2032. Do you think they'll be able to host it or do you think COVID will still be there? At this rate, I don't think so. Do you reckon it'll be like an online event where you have to watch someone perform in their backyard? Something like that. You wouldn't punch a horse, eh? Never. Even if it had, you know, fluffy feet? No, I wouldn't. Probably not punch a horse. Those things are way bigger than what I am. That's animal abuse. Yeah, that yeah. really is you animal. Do that. But you would eat it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. This is Angela Driver, and this is a reminder to Australians to stay home, save lives, and don't punch horses.
most bizarre. The ultimate blindside. Plenty of favourites. Nine perfect strangers. Ted Lasso's back. Turner and Hoot. Pregnancy challenge. Bachi Mansion. Stick with a guy. Reality TV bombshell. Love a good segue. <laughs> Well, it's been another big week in the world of entertainment and we're joined now by our cultural correspondent who just watches TV from Nova <laughs> FM, Mel Tresina. I watched all TV shows except for this one. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, Mel, great to have you in. We won't keep you. I know you and Mel have got to go back to working as lifeguards. So... <laughs> but what's caught your eye this week? Let's start with a new Netflix series. It's called Sexy Beasts. It's speed dating meets The Masked Singer. It is a terrible show. I watched it so you don't have to. It's a sacrifice. I didn't realise that I made. The budget is stretched to one Netflix subscription, <laughs> which is incredible. Oh, no, I'm just using The Neighbours. Okay. Uh, it's people wearing elaborate masks on dates. Honestly, I'm just always seeking happiness. I, I don't think happiness is ever tied to a certain job. I think it's, um, are you yawning? No. <laughs> yeah, yawning or suffocating, there's a, there's a fine line most, under those masks. Most people have done less to their faces than maths contestants, yeah. though. So. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the show should have been called Fukushima Once a Wife. <laughs> they, look, they look a bit bizarre. Uh, you, start, you start watching because of how obscure the show is, but then you stay for the mask reveals. This is the real Kalechi. It's Dwart Lily the Witch. <laughs> it's time to reveal the queen beneath the green. It's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic! <laughs> Stunning. Uh, and because I know you're curious to see how they make out in masks. I'm going to say no to, to that one. Just a reminder to clear my internet history. But, uh, <laughs> we'll do that later. Um. Speaking of dating, The Bachelor returned last week featuring new Bachelor Jimmy, who is, of course, a pilot. He's is he, handsome. Is he a pilot? Yes, he's a pilot. <laughs> they've, they've kept that quiet, haven't they? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's very, very hard to disprove when there are no planes flying. <laughs> We're all pilots. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy is handsome, he's intelligent, and he has a wicked sense of humour. What do you do? I work in aluminium tubing. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Now, as we all know, a joke works even better when you have to explain it. I said I worked in aluminium tubing. You didn't get the joke. Do you build aircraft? No, I'm a pilot. <laughs> See, now it's wow. funny. Yeah. yeah. I think she was disappointed. She was like, a tradie would have paid the bills. <laughs> <laughs> On the first episode last week, we met the contestants, and as always, there are a few surprises. I'm Sri Lankan. Okay, amazing. Yeah, amazing that a non-blonde person of colour got through the audition <laughs> process. <laughs> and I mean, now, I mean, don't, don't cut to a shot of Melvin I when you. <laughs> that's, that's not. Uh... I am part Maori, <laughs> and I work in aluminium tubing, so. <laughs> Now, every season, Osha comes up with a new innovation for how the ladies can win more alone time with The Bachelor. This is the key to the business lounge. Yeah, a key to the business lounge where ladies can use a free Wi-Fi to send their emails to their agents saying, you're fired. <laughs> uh, I think Sierra summed it up the best. What a load of bullshit. <laughs> She got a, a key to the economy suite. <laughs> <laughs> she, got a, she got a key to the non-virgin lounge. Yeah. Uh, which is... I work in aluminium tubing. <laughs> it's just... 
staying with reality TV, it was the finale of Farmer Wants a Wife last week. Some big decisions for the boys. Will was torn between Jamie and Christina. You know, you don't pick who's going to be disappointed, but it's part of the game. Yeah, but... You know, I don't want to upset anyone, that's all. Yeah, so he opted for a threesome. OK, great. <laughs> Farmer wants vocal fry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Poor Farmer Rob chose no one and was left with no one. Well, when we say no one... <laughs> you should have, should have seen them in the business suite. <laughs> but good news, Rob gets drought relief. So, <laughs> so swings and roundabouts. Uh, and, of course, Survivor rolls on, brains versus brawn, taking on all sorts of challenges, including how to spell the word Survivor. Brawn having trouble spelling. Guys, it's written everywhere! It's written everywhere, if you can read, yeah. Can I spell the word restaurant? Uh, the spelling issues didn't end there. Check out this dramatic tribal council. Karen. 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 <laughs> uh, we're on to another week of Channel 9's Beauty and the Geek. And if you haven't been watching, it's a show where hot girls get to hang out with geeky guys. So much like this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I work in aluminium tubing. <laughs> so gonna... And we get to hear the girls talk about their relationships. I just feel like we've came so far. Mm. And hopefully there's more to came. <laughs> and just finally, Mel, you've had a busy weekend. Yes, I went to Splendour in the Grass. Uh, it wasn't live, obviously, it was all online this year. So, first of all, you get to choose yourself an avatar. That's me trying to work out how I'll get through the police sniffer dogs. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and here I am, just on the left there, busting a move at the main stage with a slightly bigger audience than the Olympic opening ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're buffering a move on the main stage. <laughs> what was that? Because I've, I've been to Splinter in the Grass. How realistic was it? Did you get virtually felt up by a guy in a man <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologise. <laughs> that was not the time. Uh, and, of course, the beauty of being online is you could do it all from the comfort of your own couch. Look at me just rocking it at Splendour. Yeah. Is that your dog? Is that... Yes, yeah, that's my dog, Rollo. He's watching. Bless. Um... <laughs> I, I thought it was Farmer Rob's, so... <laughs> a threesome. I also went to Splendour. Do we have the avatar that I chose? Oh, yes. <laughs> On that note, we've got to take a break. Thanks, Mel Tresina. Back with more right after this. the cheap seats and it's been a huge week in sport. And who better to dissect it than writer, podcaster, Olympic barista? <laughs> Have we forgotten anything? He's a comfortable little boy who likes sausages. <laughs> he certainly does. Titus O'Reilly! Oh, yes. So true. I love a good sausage. <laughs> Look, busy week this week in sport. Apart from the Olympics, we had the Milwaukee Bucks have won their first NBA championship in 50 years. And these are some of the celebrations. 65,000 basketball fans packed in Milwaukee's Deer District before the game and post-match celebrations as the Bucks claim victory in Game 6. Well, the man that they call and she called the Greek freak, clearly beloved by all Bucks supporters. Now, consider that footage. 
Now, it's not that surprising when you consider this promotion that was run by the Crow Bar and Grill, who offered this. They said beer specials, but you get a free shot on every free throw Giannis makes. What? Now, Giannis is normally, he plays for the Bucks, is normally not a good free throw shooter. In that game, he made 17 free throws. <laughs> which means in one single night... A bar in Milwaukee gave away more shots than our COVID vaccine program has. (laughs) 17 shots for every single patron. That would have been nice. That's how I lost dry July. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Staying with basketball, Australian Josh Giddy is projected to be one of the top draft picks in the NBA. So he's being interviewed over Zoom by journalists from around the world this week, only for one journalist to forget to mute their microphone. We worked out this off-season... you know, the whole time I was in Melbourne and we've been in the gym together for a long time. So, I mean, there's no one really better to work okay. with in Australia than... Did you poo? What? <laughs> we didn't what? get to see the answer. We never got an answer. It just moved right on. It was the best best, best in, uh, question of the entire interview, I have to say. Well, he was, he was running a shot for a shit campaign, so <laughs> that was going off. Uh, as we've seen this week, surfing debuted at the Olympics and it led to Sunrise's Mark Beretta asking this important question. While there's a lot of hype about the surfing fraternity joining the Olympics, there's been one big concern heading into the Games. Are there actually any waves in Japan? <laughs> yeah, there are. You might have heard of Fukushima or uh, <laughs> the fact that the very word tsunami... <laughs> In, in fairness, Fukushima was one wave. So, as <laughs> a point. I mean, literally, tsunami is a Japanese word, you know. And then there's a typhoon hitting them at the moment. So, yes, there were waves. Uh, the yeah, NR- there, were, there, were, there was a third wave, actually. Uh- <laughs> uh, the NRL has been warned by the Queensland government that they're on their last strike. Now, that's strike 1,037. After photos emerged of NRL families passing items to each other from their hotel balconies, here's some of the photos. They're actually passing food and marshmallows, just breaking everything about the COVID bubble. Paternity tests. Yes. Uh, West Coast Eagles coach Adam Simpson was in hot water for comments this week saying cuts at football clubs would lead to teams drafting private school kids. Here's the quote. You're more inclined to go safer in the draft and you'll draft the same type of player. You know, mum and dad are still married. The kids go to the private school. Now, they have been, those comments have been absolutely lambasted across the internet, although the federal government have appointed him the head of our vaccine program. (laughs) Now, Titus, you're, of course, dressed as a private school headmaster. (laughs) Your thoughts? (laughs) Disgraced. A disgraced former headmaster, sorry. Uh, We should mention, while the Olympics are on, uh, that not the biggest sporting event currently going on in Japan. You'd think that, but it's not. This event is like the Olympics, but with more intensity. Ready? Queen, what more could you want? And look at the reaction. I mean, this really makes Australian swimming coaches seem like they're really <laughs> phoning it in, doesn't it? Oh, uh, so there's sport for the week. Well, before you go, Titus, you've written a book on cheating in sport. Do you have a favourite cheating at the Olympics story? 
My favourite cheating story of all time, which happened at the Olympics too, is in table tennis. Someone figured out if you glue with really toxic glue the table tennis rubbers onto your bat, it expands the rubber and you get 30% more speed and grip. Right. So it got to the point where all the table tennis players were putting harsher and harsher, like glue-sniffing glues on their bats. And at one of the championships, someone knocked over their glue pot and their opponent passed out. (laughs) That's amazing. We've got to take a break. (laughs) Back on the other side of this. And let's just quickly check in with the Olympics. I think the table tennis is on. Yep, that's correct. He, work, he works in fluorescent tubing, so he'll be, he'll be fine. Hey, speaking of the tennis, Mel, all eyes were on our world number one, Ash Barty. Wimbledon champion Ash Barty just keeps on winning. And Ash Barty will stop the nation. And she bombed out in the first round. <laughs> I think she could have taken a leaf out of Dawn Fraser's book. And Dawn Fraser, famously, before she won gold back in the day, she always needed to have sex before she swam a race, so maybe it's part of that routine for some Olympic athletes still. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mind you, the main Olympic news is still Brisbane 2032 and excitement is building. The opening ceremony of Brisbane is likely to be the 23rd of July 2032, so that's 11 years tomorrow. Time will fly. <laughs> certainly will. Well, while we wait, let's check in with, and this is news to her, our Olympic correspondents in Tokyo, Network 10's Natasha Exelby. Their focus and mental strength is mind-blowing. Dads have this strange smell. I have not practised, no. Let's talk about the good news. Yes, I will be wearing pants when I leave the hotel today. <laughs> let's see, is she wearing pants right now? Are you there, Tash? <laughs> I am, I am. It's great to see you. I don't want you to have a look at my pants today, though, because I'm carrying, like, all sorts of things. But, yes, I am wearing pants. I'm back in the media press centre where all of the news is happening. I've got a lot of media going on behind me from all around the world. It's been an amazing game so far. And, of course, everyone is looking at that tally leaderboard. I'm not talking about the medals, I'm talking about the COVID. We are sitting at 153 positive cases. 19 of those are athletes. Uh, Many of those happened when they arrived at the airport, though, not within the athletes' village. And then the rest have been people who are working in and around the Tokyo 2020 Games. Hey, Tash, just quickly, the Olympics wrapped up halfway through that answer. So (laughs) uh, we've just had the closing ceremony. Natasha, we cool. Last week on the show, uh, you called me a prick. Um, I filed that with HR. Uh, are we cool? I would point out that uh, I've seen your social media following Tim, and I reckon more people can fit in a kayak. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's, and... A, that's, that's single skulls as well. So, <laughs> Tash, I want to ask you, uh, look... New Zealand, any New Zealand updates? How are the Kiwis doing per capita? (laughs) Yes. Well, Mel, you are probably shocked to learn that the All Blacks are doing very, very well. They just beat Argentina. No-one saw that coming. Uh, That was sarcasm. I don't know if you can get it through the mask. Um, A lot of people are talking about Laurel Hubbard as well because she's going to be the first transgender 
uh, athlete at the Olympics in the weightlifting, and New Zealand has got themselves a bronze. Yay. I don't know what sport though. I haven't checked that out. <laughs> Tash, obviously some big, uh, big performances so far these Olympics. Your highlights so far from the games? <sighs> Mate, I would have to go with Ariane Titmus. Uh, seeing that happen yesterday was unbelievable. She's made world headlines with that. It's the lead story in the New York Post. And I particularly enjoyed the Washington Post take on her coach's reaction. They s- described it as spasms of joy. <laughs> that was actually Dawn Fraser's pre-race ritual. So... Tasha, is it true you were in the room for that John Coates, Anastasia Palaszczuk press conference? It is true, yes, I was in that room. Uh, It was very interesting seeing John Coates take on Anastasia Palaszczuk. Everyone wanted to know, is she going to the opening ceremony? She had said, no, I definitely won't be. And then Coates has just piped in and goes, you will be going. All of you will be going. And he just treated her like an eight-year-old, and I loved it. <laughs> now, Tash, what stops the media centre, the Titmus Ledecky showdown, football? Uh, good sushi, Mel. <laughs> Tash, of course, you're there covering for Channel 10. Have you enjoyed watching the games on 7 Plus? <laughs> seeing plenty. I've been seeing plenty in the flesh. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you got your eye on? Who do we need to look out for in the next week of the Olympics? Do keep your eyes on a guy called Rowan Browning. He's a 23-year-old law student. He's going to be competing in the 100-metre sprint. Uh, he runs pretty quick, under 10 seconds. So if he does even make the final, he's going to be the first Aussie to do so since 1956 when Heck Hogan took out the bronze in Melbourne. Can you tell I've been studying? (laughs) And Tash, when you say keeping your eye on those athletes from the Channel 10 position, that'd be with binoculars. Um, (laughs) Indeed, indeed. From an aeroplane, very far away. Um, I think if it's not already clear to the good Australian public, I do have my eye on you, Tim. (laughs) Okay. On that note, we're going to take a break. Thank you for joining us. Back with more of the Chief Seats right after this. follow on your socials. I got lots of great responses on social media. Did you get anything, Tom? Tim? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Jacinda. Um... I'm sorry, I just... Look, we don't hang out outside of the show. (laughs) Just thanks for not calling me Osher. did you get on social media? What well, do people say to you? I got a few people noticing that last week during the show I was writing down a lot. I had to write down my name for my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but I was writing down a lot, Mel, and it led to this tweet. I just hope that Tim finishes his Sudoku before the hour <laughs> runs out. Very harsh. It was Job Seeker. So, <laughs> hey, look, before we go, we can't leave without a Pacific update. Update. Of course. If you're new to the show, which is... <laughs> which is... <laughs> I mean, us as well. (laughs) Last week, we highlighted the Game of Thrones-style budget TVNZ had splashed on their weekly news show, Pacific Update. (laughs) 
Welcome to Pacific Update, our <laughs> weekly news roundup for the region. We're only episode two, we're already replaying clips from last week. Um, but excitingly this week, we actually have a grab from the show. Then there was that day, the new couch arrived. Dad <laughs> insists the kids carry it around the side of the house. Well, that's it for another week. Stay safe, and I'll be back next Friday with another Pacific update. <laughs> An encore. <laughs> and we'll be playing that again next week. <laughs> well, staying in the Pacific, I can't believe they didn't cover the big issues. The big news today, Samoa's Fast Party is the new government for Samoa. The FAST party? What does FAST stand for? party or FAST party. In Samoan Scrabble, that's a two, so that is... <laughs> well, it's a very complicated situation in Samoa. New Zealand's John Campbell, surely he couldn't break it down into just one sentence. For Samoa's care for take Prime Minister, uh, is that the word? It should be outgoing. is due to face a contempt of court suit today. The motion was brought by the FAST party. It by Fiamen Naomi Mata'afa, which won the election, fast won the election held back in April, but subjected to various appeals, manoeuvrings, lock parliaments, and plays and counterplays ever since. In short, Tuila Epa, who'd been Prime Minister since last century, last century, is basically refusing to give up power and he's continuing to defy a court order to convene Parliament. Well, that was a good rundown. That was a great rundown. And finally, tonight, and look, in a week of lockdown protests and rioting and fighting, I think we could all learn a lesson from Moldovan TV on how to settle a score peacefully. And do not let them anywhere near a horse. No, that's all. We'll see you next week. Right here in the chat seat.